Are you looking for a new avenue via which to recruit new customers profitably? Then you need to listen to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this marketing-focused podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, each month we focus on a different marketing method like email or SEO or Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different marketing method expert to explore the latest advice on making that marketing method work for you. This month we are all about offline marketing and today we're exploring the original Facebook ads, the tried and tested advertising medium that over the decades has proved a cost-effective new customer acquisition channel for thousands of businesses, growing them by 10,000s of customers. So in today's episode, we are exploring off-the-page advertising. Get ready for that. We are going to meet today's guest in a moment, but before we do, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with offline marketing expert, Paul Hendrick. Paul is the owner of DJH Advertising and Catalogues. He has nearly 40 years award-winning experience helping the mail-order brands, both startups and established distance-selling powerhouses, to drive sales with catalogues and off-the-page advertising. Hello, Paul. Hi, Chloe. Good to talk. It's great to have you here. Lovely to be catching up with you. Um, How did you get into offline marketing? DJH was set up on... Maggie Thatcher's Enterprise Allowance Scheme, where they paid you £40 a week to, to start off. But our chairman was an ex-agency um, guy. And so we opened opened in Brighton in 1985. Offices were opposite the Royal Pavilion. Nice. And around the corner was American Express. So that was where we did our first off-the-page ad for American Express. A nice client to start with. Yeah, I think there was some networking going on. So that got us, got us off, the, off, the, off the mat. And um, over all the the many kind of decades you've been specialising in both off the page and catalogues, and let's just let's stick to the off the page, but it's always been physical advertising, so kind of press advertising, but to drive an actual response. This isn't purely about brand awareness. It's about getting a lead or getting a sale, isn't it? Absolutely right. Clear blue water between the branding and the off the page ads in those days because the off-the-page ad had to work entirely on its own merits and make a profit. And typically, the customers weren't worried about the branding because there was another budget for the branding. But if you wanted to actually sell sell a product, we've gone from A to Z, so American Express to Zoos, you can sell anything um, off the page, but you've got to stay focused on that response. You need to elicit a response, response which means an offer, typically. Mm -hmm. So that's what it's about. So we had firm grounding in that. And then moving forward, and then we started catalogs, the customer recruiting the customer became as important as making the profit. And in today's market, it's becoming 
lists are difficult now. To get a prospecting list of your catalogue, it's much harder. You'll have a tried and tested and trusted source, but some of those will be disappearing because of GDPR. And what we found in the last three years is uh, response has gone ballistic. And I would confidently say that it's the, for the mature market, it's the most profitable way to recruit a new customer. Paul, you've just given us an awful lot there that we're going to pick into bit by bit, starting off with. Let's just explain to everyone what off the page actually is, because we're talking about mainly kind of small ads, maybe quarter page, half page advertising in the back of kind of the weekend papers, aren't we? Towards the back of the papers, towards the back of the magazines. Nearly. So can be page advertising. So we're dealing with page advertising, quarter page advertising, but in the week, in the weekdays and the weekends. So the myth is just the weekends where all the responses, that's not right. We'll get sell 800 pairs of shoes out of a daily mail ad, daily mail ad on a Thursday. So it can be any day of the week. So 800 pairs of shoes from one ad. That's pretty impressive, especially on a weekday here in the UK. That's because we're not talking about uh, you know, an ad which has just got a load of people wearing shoes. This is an advert that features one pair of shoes with the price, probably with a deal and with a really clear call to action. It's really, really driving the customer to do exactly what we want them to do. Yeah. So the title of the ad will be, it's a shoe, it's waterproof, a good deal, you save something and we'll have phone, web, but a coupon. So we're couponers because up to 25% of your response could come from a coupon. And of course, that then makes it really makes it easier to tie the response back to an individual publication, an individual ad to see what's working and what's working better and test and optimise and so forth. Correct. We would have, if we put an ad in on a Saturday, we'd have the majority of our response on the Monday, coupons on a Wednesday. By the end of that week, you'll have had most of your response. But we'd know on the Monday whether it had worked. Yeah, so it's not it's not second by second optimization, but it's still pretty fast compared to what we do um, in the in the online world. Um, you mentioned that back in the day, it needed to be a profitable endeavor. Is that still the case now? I mean, I, you've mentioned how most businesses using it are doing it as a recruitment for new customers. Is it profitable customer recruitment, or is it more a cost per acquisition that will work against the customer lifetime value? How are most most people you're working with finding it at the moment? It's uh, massively profitable. So I could pick one client who upwards of 200 ads over 12 months, only one ad didn't make a profit. Wow. And the other ads were making a substantial profit. So at Benchmark, you're recruiting a customer for nothing. And then in the real world, which is what they want, is they want to profit from that ad. So yeah, it's about profit. And clearly, if we can sell 800 shoes on a Tuesday in a newspaper, then this is a volume play as well, isn't it? We're not talking about recruiting a couple of thousand across the year. Off those 200 ads, we're talking about recruiting tens of thousands of new customers. Correct. Very nice. Um, hopefully, everyone listening, that's got your ears pricked up. So, um, so Paul, what markets is this working for? Because I'm guessing, you know, the... Uh, the millennials aren't necessarily reading the Sunday supplements in the newspapers. So presumably we can't target the millennials. So who can we target? Well, we are definitely targeting over 60s 
and with more over 70s. So it's retired ladies and gentlemen we're after. Newspaper circulations have fallen back from their heyday, but you've still got a critical mass of the silver market who are your buyers. And of course, they're the ones who've got all the money, aren't they? As we're we're regularly told all over the place, the old people have the money. And any of you you thinking, oh, well, that's not of interest to us. We're only targeting the 20-somethings. Just because you're not currently targeting a mature market doesn't mean you shouldn't give these a test because you may find there's a huge, huge response from the older market. I know I've come across many brands over the years who thought their core market was going to be the 20s and 30s, but then when they actually profiled their database, they discovered it was almost all women over 50. So does it work for a brand who's historically targeted younger to to test and off the page? I think if their product could be used by older people also. I mean, that could be health, uh, could be fashion. Footwear is a good example of that. Then, yes, it could. Uh, but the secret is what you just said there is test it. The other massive advantage of off the page is it's so cheap to enter. I was just about to ask you, what what is the costing model for this? How much does it, does it cost for a brand to run a test that's going to give them a good idea of whether it's worked or not? Uh, here's a straight answer. I just quoted a guy. Um, he's got a plan. But to cost, we would run an advert in the Daily Express on a Thursday and it would cost him £1,450 to put a quarter page in there. Wow. For for our international listeners, the Daily Express is one of our big tabloids and it's what the name is top five in the UK, isn't it, for distribution? Uh, Yeah, about that. 240,000 circulation. So much lower than it had been. But again, they've got the customers in a C1, C2 market. Got it. So that's not, I expect for a lot of our, our listeners, that's not more than they're spending on Facebook ads in a week, let alone a month or on Google ads. So it's it's not a crazy punt. Not at all. Because it's distress-based, we buy the advert late. So we can literally test one ad, if it works, run another ad the next week. I know you've just given away one of the secrets there, Paul. So um, so two two. Well, the secret which you've just given away is that you're not you're not planning a long way ahead, are you? You're not paying full rate card at the newspapers for this. You're if it's going out on Thursday, you're buying it on Tuesday or Wednesday at the lowest possible price. Uh, correct. So you have to be on your toes, as we'd say. The client would have to be on their toes a little bit. People think they're quick with online stuff. I have my email out today, but in our experience, it takes me a week to get an email out <laughs> to discuss the copy, but with a with a press ad, it's like a three-day turnaround. Oh yeah, and you might be—you might have one ready to go, and it take a couple of weeks before it actually gets placed when the price is right. Does that happen? Correct. Over time, what you, you can do it organically. Eventually, you'll one product works, then another one, then another one, and then suddenly you build up a bank of adverts, and then you optimize those. We'll come to that later, maybe. Um, and that's how it works. And suddenly, you've got a bank of ads that you could reply, you know, within a day. I presume you've also worked out, right, the Express on a Thursday, so long as it's less than 1,500, we're in. But if it's more than 1,500, we're not out that week, we'll wait. And you end up with kind of like a pricing structure for what, what you're willing to pay for different different titles and different circulations? Yeah, we would plan that in advance. So we'd have a spreadsheet of what your ad needs to do to um, break even, how much profit it needs to make, and what the profit is on each on each ad. So we'd work that out well in advance across a range of titles, we know we're going to get that rate that we put in a spreadsheet, which is why you use an agency. 
it's not like anyone listening can phone up the Express or the Daily Mail or the New York Times or the Washington Post and go, can we have a space on Saturday? Because they're not interested in hearing from brands, are they? You have to do this via an agency. Yeah, it's old fashioned in that way that you have to go through the selling house. So, and you just pay too much. They want your money, but it'd be quite complicated for them. Oh, who are you? Even if you're a mega, um, but they, they book through agencies. That's, that's, that's the way it's done. And we've discussed that, you know, this this guy you've just been quoting for, it was fourteen fifty, I think it was, to be in the Express on Thursday. What's he paying you guys for managing all of this and for creating the ads? Because he's coming to you and going, here's my product, here's my branding, create me something brilliant. So what's he paying you guys for it, roughly? Well, he's a buyer. So on a first ad, we'd give creative away free as a come on. And if it works, then you pay us for creative. The media costs, so the Daily Express would pay us circa 12% commission they would pay us so other than the 1450 that's all the clients paying on this occasion mm-hmm. um, so we get our, our rate obviously we want to go to a quarter of a million budget uh, and, <laughs> yeah, then, and then, then we do then we're doing okay but um, our clients are doubling their off the page budgets for next year wow so that's it's really working at the moment that's what we're saying yeah. here everybody now um there's definitely a, a, a lockdown response to that. That's what's brought it back. Customers have got used to it. The suspicious ones about all oh, it be delivered, they're over that now. So uh, your grandparents wouldn't know about getting a card in the door to say, oh, your parcel is at the sorting office. Oh, <laughs> that, that doesn't happen anymore because it's, you know. Um, so, and I think that's a sea change. So if you looked at a circulation of a, the Express, not all of those readers would be mail order buyers. Still, be a small percentage of the readership, but um, they're very active, aren't they? Yeah, but now more people are coming out of those readerships, and that generation—the uh, number is seventeen point three trillion pounds of wealth in the UK that the over sixty fives have got. They've got the money. Um- we're obviously talking UK specific here, but this same business model is happening in the US and elsewhere around the world, isn't it? It's quite yes, quite an, a common thing. Ads, not so much in the US. There's inserts and catalogs are the um, bread and butter for the for those companies, and a slight despite Ad Men being a, an American TV program, they're not not when we meet mail order people, they who want to oh all this we did some work for all this, they weren't keen on on the press. They it just it wasn't what they did, but I I thought like you actually that it'd be more ads than inserts, but but it's inserts over there. Interesting. We learn something new every day on this podcast. Um, now, Paul, you you kind of mentioned about optimizing the ads because it's both about finding the right product to drive the response as well as optimizing everything else in the ad. So, what if you're willing to share? What are the key things you look at? tweaking in an ad to uh, to make those optimization improvements you'd have a hierarchy to your ad so you really got to clearly state what the product is for this market don't assume that because i've got a picture of a pair of trousers it's just about trousers or got to have an offer it's got to be an offer on there because that's the come on to make them buy it now so buy today and it's 40 percent off the offer could be as little as free postage so that's one of the things we always test, um, it's like a five-pound saving, but the perceived value of that is very high. Mm-hmm. Then get your copyright what, um, so that you've got to 
basic DM technique. You've got to overcome the objections of the of the buyer. So when they're reading that, what what are they doing? They're sending their money into the ether, somebody they don't know about. So you've got to reassure them, trust, 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 keep your guarantees in. You've got to give a guarantee by law. So use it <laughs> to make a plus. Yeah, word yeah. it well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, obviously with the small print. Um, and then if you're doing um, – the response must be clear that, you know, free PMP today, if you ring this number, if you do this, if you go onto the online or use the coupon. If you do do a coupon, top tip, always fill in your own coupon. Can you understand it when you fill it in? Sizes, colours, etc. Because if you don't, they won't, and that could cost you. So you get the basic hierarchy of the ad that this is the product at a deal, and sometimes you'll see ads that have got no white space in them at all, full of little blings and offers. It could be this, it could be that. That works. It's to a designer's eye, it's ugly, and maybe to a marketing director, it's also oh. But there's a reason for that. But you don't have to do all your ad there. And there's lots of lots of really good examples if you picked in the Telegraph where you'll see an ad that looks, well, in my my eyes, that's a beautiful ad and perhaps a little bit more branding. Um, that can work if you get that right. Perhaps we'll come to that. But That was going to be my next question, actually, Paul, because you mentioned earlier that you know, back in the day when you started off with American Express, there was one team who cared about branding and one team who cared about response. You didn't have to bring much branding in. But I know one of your philosophies now at DJH is that branding builds response. So presumably you're building more branding into the ads than you used to. As it became more about recruiting a new customer, we had to think about thinking in terms of what we're doing with the catalogs. So we're catalogers, so we understand that side of the business very well, which is much more about branding because you've got the room to do it. But uh, get the tone of voice of your advert right. So it is actually aimed at your market and that's in the copy, in the photograph and in the offer. For example, don't use too much tautology in your ad. It's the extra, extra, extra to particular markets because they're 70, 70 years old. They've seen it all before. So adopt the right tone of voice to your market. Take the best photograph you can, whatever it is. Spend some money on your photography. Newspapers are not kind to um, photography. It can look horrible, but that's where you, you need a professional to do that. And in the pre-press, um, you have to set it up in a way that it will come out the right size, uh, the right colours. That's an ongoing battle. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can't nip down to the printers and double-check the colours before they run the run the presses, can you? No. So that's important, and you don't want to be experimenting on your client's time. And that's one of the reasons that will go down. You know, if 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 the red trousers look blue, then mm-hmm. not so good. So I guess what. What we're saying is that the the branding has come into it. Now it's become more about recruitment and everyone is recruiting new customers to their mail order and their e-commerce businesses because they want sales number two, three, and four. And you could create an ad that sells a load of product, but doesn't bring you customers who want to buy from you again, who get who the brand is, hence why the branding has to be there for the longevity of these recruited um, customers. Yeah, I think... If you're selling a value product, you might recruit a one-time buyer who wants it. It's a bargain, but you know they're not going to buy again. So some titles actually work that way, that you know if you're in that title, you're going to get more of a one-off. But when you bring the branding into it and you have the frequency, so you start appearing 
month by month, week by week, you you suddenly become part of that paper and the customer will trust you because they trust their paper. They're incredibly loyal to their paper. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. The plus of the, the part of the branding is that if I'm in the Telegraph and my customers love the Telegraph, eventually they're going to love love me, particularly if you deliver your promise. Big thing, obviously, to the oldies. But that's, oh, so you want them to see a pair of trousers, I'll buy a pair of trousers. And then when they see a shirt, oh, that's from, yeah, that was good last time. I'll buy another one. And then over, in a year, you'll have that sort of relationship with them. I think that's, that's a brilliant point to add in, the fact that they are seeing you, seeing that the advert and the brand within a vehicle the newspaper, the magazine that they fundamentally trust. And some of that trust inevitably finds its way into your business if you're in that space. So uh, so a hugely awesome opportunity, I think there, Paul. So thank you for everything you've taken us through there. We're going to pause now for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to be talking about the wider world of offline marketing. Our sponsors, of course, who are sponsoring this podcast, because some of the trust with me is reflecting on them. Um, Hopefully, anyway, hopefully you guys trust me. A lovely little link I've put in there, feeling rather proud of myself there. Right. Anyway, let's hear from the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, Paul, so far we've gone deep into off-the-page advertising. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole world of offline marketing. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with offline marketing, which of course does include all the -the off-the-page advertising stuff we've already been discussing. Paul, are you ready? Here we go. Okay, let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? Uh, this sounds incredibly duh, but read a newspaper. Get a newspaper for a week and read the newspaper. If you're a younger person, a young professional making decisions, you may not read a newspaper. I wouldn't be surprised at that at all. But get a feel for it. And the editor of a newspaper's job is to know all about their customer, to have their voice, how they speak to them. So obviously the Telegraph will talk to somebody very differently to the Sun, but you might still sell out of those two papers. You might, oh, right, get my copyright for that. So you get the tone of voice, but it's telling you who your customer is virtually free. So I always think that flipping to the back and seeing who's already advertising in there and the sort of things they're advertising can tell you an awful lot because if they're in there week after week, you know it's working for them. So if you find one of your competitors in, is in there week after week, it's probably a good place to be advertising. Perfect advice, yeah. What I'd say additionally is you might have 30 ads in the Telegraph on a Saturday in the weekend section, but only one of those people could sell trousers. Only one of those people could sell vitamins. Only one of those people could sell a stair lift. So you're in there on your own. So it's a small pond, but you become a big fish straight away. Think of yourself as um, 
a puffer fish. You go in, you're a little fish, but then when you're in that press, you'll blow up to be, oh, I look as big as Stanner. Great. But uh, why do those people keep going back in and again? Because it's working. Yeah. And I'm going to add some newbie advice as well, which is find someone who knows what they're doing because A, you ain't going to get access to the newspaper advertising spaces without them. And B, you need them to create a good ad and give you the best chance of success, which Paul's obviously been too humble to give you that piece of advice. But if you're in the UK, getting in contact with Paul would be a great way to find out if this this, this has legs for you. All right. Now I've made him blush. Uh, once you've started, of course, Paul, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve performance? It's with the offers. How you word an offer, 40% off or £25 off make a difference. Do you sell at a buy two price or the one for price? And they will vary. You know, If you've got lots of colors, then the buy two is a strong way to go. But yes, if they, buy the, if they buy the stone, they'll buy the brick. So Presenting it as a twofer is a proved, tried and trusted way to do it. So that would be my key one. And the customer's got to think about what the margin is. Can I make it on that? But you don't always get that right first time. You probably get a profit first time, but you can always improve. Yeah. Excellent. And if someone wants to learn more about offline marketing, is there one cheap or free resource you'd recommend? Yeah, I would have, Russell. It's called Newsworks. Uh, and it's uh, newsworks.org, and that's newsworks all in one word. They are the body responsible for selling press overall. All the stats you'll ever want put across, all the research you'll ever want free. Oh, nice. Definitely worth a look. I, I love the rustle as you were looking for it. Like, this is, I've got to get this one right. We've got to get to the right page in the notebook. <laughs> well, there's, there's somebody called the PPA, which is the Periodical Publishers Association, who deal, do the same job for magazines. We haven't talked about magazines today, but equally powerful, particularly for women. And it's their job to do the same. So PPA.org, I think, or Periodical Publishers Association, uh, and very nice people. If you go into, if you go into WH Smith, and people say nobody's reading magazines or papers anymore, and there are 10 full racks filled with different magazines. <laughs> Yes, indeed. We will add, we'll make sure the links to those are in uh, the show notes for everyone. And we'll make sure of exactly what the correct URL for the PPA is and put it there for you guys too. Um, finally, Paul, it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? Uh, wish I knew the answer to that one. Uh, we've <laughs> never lived in more stranger times. And uh, I think the high street has been battered, sadly, and it's going to take a while for them to come back. And I think in that time, people's buying habits will have changed for some people for the long term. I think that the off the page is going to stay on the up until retail comes back. And uh, so I think that's still got some legs. So um, I think positive, it's never been more positive for the newspapers. Threats um, are cost of paper, which affects everybody. The catalogers will know this right now and they're pulling their hair out trying to get paper to print their catalogue. But uh, newsprint papers, their costs will be going up also. And you're seeing a response in paper, price for paper going up. But um, there will be a limit before somebody thinks, oh, so they have to be careful there. But uh, they're under the cosh, but uh, that makes it good good time to get in there on a rate because, yes, they really want you. They really want the money, don't they, at the moment? So good time to be negotiating and, and getting in there. Yeah. Well, Paul, 
thank you so much for being on here. You have shared a lot and I think opened a lot of our audience's eyes open to this opportunity. We are very nearly at the end of the show though. So could you please let the listeners know where they can get in touch with you? Okay. Uh, you can call me on uh, 07540-686-825. That's the easiest way. And have just a, a chat. Uh, website, www.djhadvertising.co.uk. Lots of uh, latest circulation figures and readerships on there and branding things and case histories. So you can get a look at, um, if you're too scared to talk to me straight off. But that would, that would set us out. Excellent. Well, we'll add both of those to the show notes as well. And Paul, as I said, thank you for coming on and sharing such a, making such a complicated piece that I think a lot of people just don't even think about seems so approachable and powerful, which it, it is approachable and it is powerful. So it's not like you're making it seem that way. You're, you're showing us all how approachable and how powerful it is. So thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for giving us a shout. So read a paper, everybody. So there you have it. I expl- I said at the beginning, this is like old school Facebook ads that really, really work. And Paul mentioned that in the US, it's more a case of inserts. If you're one of our US listeners, inserts are a very similar theory, only you're putting what you're inserting into someone else's catalogue, not into um, a newspaper, I suppose. But it's exactly the same thing. If you listen to our catalogue one as well, episode as well, we talked a bit about that there, but I'm getting off topic. So off the page advertising, well worth exploring. If you sell a product which could appeal to the over 50s, over 60s, over 70s, or if there are particular magazines you would love to get your product into, off the page is and can be a hugely both voluminous and cost-effective way to go about recruiting for your business. And as you'll have realized from as Paul was breaking down those adverts, very similar to the way we would structure a Google shopping ad, not that we have much control over that, or how we'd structure an Instagram ad or a Facebook ad. So hopefully you're seeing the the similarities of how offline, well, it's where all the theories that built online came from. I highly recommend you to give this one a go. Okay. What else do I need to tell you? Oh, I need, I know what I need to tell you. I need to tell you, you can get the links to everything we've just been discussing, plus the full transcript of this episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. There you can also sign up for a monthly Q&A webinar because we are back doing these again. So to help you with your offline marketing, I've got as many of the specialists as I can badger to do it to come back and do a live Q&A webinar with all of you who want to come and join us. It's going to be your chance to get your questions answered about all the topics we've been covering this month. So just head to keepoptimizing.com to uh, get signed up for that. And I hope to see you there or he or see your your fingers typing questions there. So please, please do sign up for that. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. Our whole set of episodes about offline marketing is now live. So please do have a listen to them all and make sure you tune in next Wednesday when we'll be starting our next series of episodes, which is four shows about Google ads. I think it might be five shows. Anyway, it's definitely Google ads in March. And if you know someone who's particularly interested in what we've been talking about this month. So all these offline marketing tactics and the online marketing tactics we did in January to help you change your marketing activity in response to all the cookie issues that happened in 2021. Tell them to listen to the Keep Optimizing podcast. And if you know someone who's particularly interested in improving their Google ads or getting started with Google ads at the moment, please tell them to listen to the Keep Optimizing podcast because we're here to help them and to help you improve your marketing. 
Have a great week, all of you, and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.